No matter what organization you lead, finances are paramount for your success. And church finances aren't any different. Poorly managed church finances can hurt a pastor's ability to lead church members and reach the local community. After all, very little will wreck the movement of God more than weak financial policies and workflows. Thankfully, it's much easier to make changes now, before your church is in the headlines, than to try to reestablish those relationships after they've been torpedoed by a costly financial misstep. And that's where our friends at Belay can help. Belay, a modern church staffing organization with fractional U.S.-based accounting and virtual assistant services, has helped busy church leaders do just that for more than a decade. To help you figure out where to start, Belay is offering its resource, Four Costly Financial Mistakes for Churches, to our listeners for free to help you identify the four biggest things we can see wreck churches when it comes to their finances and what you can do to avoid them. Just text RUSTY, that's R-U-S-T-Y, to 55123 to get back to growing your church with Belay. Welcome to Leading Simple with Rusty George. Our goal is to make following Jesus and leading others a bit more simple. Here's your host, Rusty George. Hey, welcome back to Leading is Simple, or if this is your first time listening to us, welcome for the first time. Our goal is to make following Jesus and leading others a bit more simple. Boy, there's so much stuff out there telling us, try it this way, do this, use this. And what do you do? How do you get all that information kind of whittled down into something that will work for you? Is there really a silver bullet out there that you have to keep mining through hours and hours of content and information to get what helps you the most? Well, Our goal on Leading Simple is to simplify all of that, and I can think of no better person to help us do that than our guest, Brad Lominick. Brad is a content curator who has written a best-selling book called H3 Leadership, Hungry, Hustle, and Humble, The Three Qualities of Every Great Leader. It is one of the best leadership books I've ever read. I highly recommend it, even though it is several years old, continues to ring true. And his life is now spent curating content, putting it up into shareable form in a podcast he does every single week, the H3 podcast, that you got to check out. It's amazing. And it will really save you a lot of time as he whittles through all of the great stuff out there and gives you the stuff you need the most. So any chance I get a chance to talk to Brad, and he's been on the show before, he's been to our church as a consultant. I love these opportunities. So you're going to love to hear from Brad. I want to thank our friends from Belay Solutions for their sponsorship again and encourage you to check out Belay Solutions. Uh, So many great resources they provide for you, and we're going to continue to give you information on how you can do that. But for now, here's my conversation with Brad Lominick. All right, Brad Lominick, thank you for returning to the show. Always great to have a fellow Sooner on the show. So let me start off by saying Boomer. We are really glad to have you. Listen, thank you. It's it's a rough year for men's sports at the University of Oklahoma. <laughs> hey, but top four in recruiting for football next year. So the future is bright. Well, that's uh, that, that is a bright spot. Yes. <laughs> we take the wins, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll take we'll take a top five in recruiting. Yeah, at this point, absolutely. I mean, we went yeah. we went from the top of the food chain to uh, the bottom of the heap pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know about you, but man, watching Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams have success with USC was like watching your 
the girlfriend that dumped you win Miss America. You know, it just really made me sick to my stomach. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, they they did get beat in the bowl game, and they, you know, they were they were they. Here's the thing, Rusty. You know this. Uh, defense wins championships. Yeah. So they couldn't stop anybody at USC either. Well, and that's the thing I told USC fans out here. Oh, I've seen this before. You look great yep. the first six games. You outscore everybody, and then your defense can't do anything. So, oh, well. Anyway, hey, well, that's not why we're here. We could do that, but but uh, we won't. So your podcast, H3, uh, I love. And what I love about it is you have such a clear point of view because there's so many leadership podcasts out there, mine included, but yours is so focused because you're trying to keep leaders in the know. So before we break that down, how'd you decide on your point of view? Because a lot of podcasters and even leaders out there that are blogging or writing or doing anything are trying to figure out what's my lane. How'd you figure out yours? Well, I've been curating and really trying to think about the idea of curation for for a while now. I mean, the last four or five years. And we always had recommendation lists I would send out and I would blog, you know, these links, list of links and resources and other podcasts to listen to. So that was something I was already doing and I would do it anyway, even if I wasn't doing a podcast. And so that's really where I started. And then the the question of, you know, what do I want to, what do I want from a podcast? I want to, I want somebody to filter through the noise and actually in many ways, tell me what I need to pay attention to or read or watch or listen to. So that was that was how it started for me, especially with this most recent one. Um, and I, I do guest interviews too, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to even focus those towards the power of curation and, hey, what are you listening to? What, do you, what, what links are you checking out? So that's, that's my lane. And, um, you know, I didn't know of a lot of other podcasts that were doing that. So I thought well, maybe I can, I can feel that need. Yeah, I, I would assume that when you're doing that, I mean, you're collecting all this content, and a lot of us listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of blogs and news articles and those kind of things. It can quickly become white noise, and, and it can quickly become the same thing. You end up listening to the same people. All of us who are part of the North Point tribe end up, you know, Andy Stanley and anybody Andy's blessed uh, are the ones <laughs> we listen to. Um, we're all but, we're all like we're all waiting on Andy to tell us tell us who that's to right. To. Yeah. Who do I listen to today, Andy? Uh, so, yeah. and I I'm guilty of that. So, of all the content out there, I guess this this is what I want to ask. You know, how do you decide, um, or how do you manage all the resources out there? Because it, you could eat, quickly get into I only listen to these four or five people, or uh, there's so much out there I'm overwhelmed. Um, you know, what, what makes you decide I'm going to browse this or what do you read? What do you study? Just walk me through your thought process on how to curate content. Well, if it's interesting to me, I think it's usually going to be interesting to the people who follow me or listen to me hmm. or pay attention to what I pay attention to. So that's, that's really the first filter is, is it something that I feel like is going to help me grow in my leadership, my influence? Am I, am I, am I going to be curious about this? Um, I mean, I, I do. I do like the idea that um, I'm sort of looking again for for the things that people might not know about, hmm. and I'm I'm going to focus on finding things that may not be in the normal flow 
of of my community. And you know, this is again that the power of a curator is reducing the noise or removing the noise or filtering out the noise in order to then uh, bring the best to whoever is following them. And that this is this is true for any leader today because you know think think of the 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 museum curator or the art gallery curator they're looking through all the options and saying oh we're only going to carry these 25 different pieces of art you know for the next 3 months um and i just think with so much content you said it like there's so much out there everybody's got a podcast everybody's got content they're creating you know what's what's my ability to bring uh, clarity to people. Well, it's my, it's now my ability to, to re, again, reduce the noise. And so, um, you know, I, I do have some, I mean, I, I have some categories, like I'm looking for, for sort of all the different ways that people learn. So if it's articles, if it's books, if it's podcast, if it's videos, um, it might be new voices. So some of those things are pretty consistent for me, but, I, you know, I, the, 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 here's the shortcut. I get a lot of newsletters. <laughs> the newsletters are crucial. And I, I just, I skim through newsletters and because here's what newsletters are doing, especially newsletters that are weekly is they're doing the same thing. They're saying, I've looked through all the different things out there this week and here's what you need to know about, you know? So that's the shortcut for me is, is I have people working on my behalf. They don't even realize it. That are that are helping me filter through things, <laughs> and they don't get any kind of cut out of the deal, do they? <laughs> Not at all. No. Uh, okay, so that's that's something I want to drill down on because there are various apps that are out there, um, you know, like Readly and various things that you can kind of use to curate stuff for you. Um, <clears throat> allowing some of these newsletters to come into your inbox is one that's really helpful. Um, and I'd love to hear what some of those are, but also, are there any apps that you're using, uh, to help you gather information? And I guess this is where, you know, somebody that's, that doesn't have a touch of OCD or isn't high on the J of the Myers-Briggs, they can probably just, Hey, whatever comes, comes. Uh, but not for me, I've got to have a system for everything. So are there a few things that you recommend that are helpful or a few blogs that you subscribe to that are helpful? Well, I'll start with the, the the system I use is the good old fashioned Excel spreadsheet or a Word doc. Okay. I mean, it, it's it's not rocket science for me, and I actually haven't found a good app that allows me to do this. Now, a lot of people use Evernote. They'll they'll capture something and just put it into Evernote. I do use my Notes app on my phone quite a bit because I'll see something and I'll just copy and paste it. Um, but I also will just if I see something on my on a website or something in a newsletter, then I'll just copy and paste it in an email to myself, you know, or I'll just, if I'm on my computer, if I'm actually uh, working on a document or have access to that document, I'll just copy and paste it into that, into that Word doc or that Excel spreadsheet. So literally it's that simple for me. The key on this is you gotta have some kind of system that, that works for you and you have to be ruthless about the intentionality of actually capturing it somewhere. Um, so for my podcast, for example, I have, a, I, have a, I have a working Word document that's got hundreds and hundreds of links to articles and 
recommendations in it. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I just pop them in there and then I'll go through and, and then curate my own stuff. Literally I'm curating my own, you know, list of a hundred down to five that I'm going to use for this week's episode. Mm. Um, now in terms of, of newsletters that I subscribe to, I've got a ton. I mean, Kerry Newhoff, his on the rise is a good one more recently. Um, that's, that's a good one to be subscribing to. I, I get, um, James Clear's you know, 321 newsletter. I get Josh Spector's For the Interested newsletter. Um, Max Anderson and Kyle Westaway both have great weekend, uh, the weekend briefing and the weekend reader. Those are, those are good ones. Ryan Hawk has, um, what's his called? Monday something. It, it's got, it comes out on Monday. Um, those are those are the ones that immediately come to mind that, you know, a lot of these organizations that are out there, they, you know, if you, if you go to their conference and you have connection to some of these different outlets, almost all of them have some sort of of weekly something they're sending out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brian Dodd, it's got a great one. He does his top 10 things on leadership for this week. So and I don't I don't read every single one of those, but I will skim them. And it takes me, you know, 30 seconds to sort of pop through and go, oh, that seems interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to copy and paste that over in, into the document. Um, it also comes from listening to podcasts. So um, that's where I get a lot of podcast recommendations is actually listening to podcasts and then saying my audience would actually enjoy this one. Um, so that's that's a little bit more work on my end. Yeah. To, you know, to have quite a few that I'm listening to. And I can give you some recommendations on some of those, too. But I've, I probably have 40 or 50 newsletters that I get. Into my inbox. Wow. And again, I don't read all those, but I, I definitely am. am paying attention to them in some form or fashion. So, OK, let's go there then um, to use a Carrie Newhoffism right there. Let's dive dive into that one. Um, what, what are some of the podcasts that you love listening to? I mean, we all have so many podcasts that we've subscribed to and we haven't listened to in months or years, but what are the ones you think? <laughs> right. <laughs> aren't you amazed when you scroll through and think, oh my goodness, I forgot about that phase of my life. What, what are the ones that you think, and I'm going to, I listen to that every week or every month that comes out. Leading Simple, man. That's where we start. <laughs> I set you up well there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll give you some of the ones on a regular basis that I'd listen to. I mean, I, I listen to Andre Leadership. Mm, that's a good one. I listen to, I usually listen to Donald Miller's uh, Business Made Simple. The, um, I listen to the Relevant Podcast. Mm-hmm. They, they, they have a section, a segment on every episode that is, um, what do they call it? It's, it's sort of their, their weekly wrap up though. Yeah. And I get a lot of links and a lot of stories and things from that. Um, I listen to Carrie's. I listen to Andy Stanley, Craig Rochelle. I mean, all all those. A lot of your audience probably listens to those. Um, I listen to How Leaders Lead with David Novak. Mm. That, that's a really good one. That um, he's got great interviews. I listen to Stephen Bartlett, The Diary of a CEO. Mm. On I, I, the Ed Milet show is a pretty consistent listen for me. And these are all primarily leadership. Um, now there's. There's a ton of, of ones that I'll pop in and out of, depending on the guest. Business, anything Wondery does, Business Wars, hmm. um, a lot of their stuff that is, that is, is more story-driven, I'll listen to those. 
um, Brene Brown, Daring to Lead, Simon Sinek's got a great podcast. Adam Grant has work, work life with Adam Grant. Um, you know, I listen to quite a few uh, sermon, although those, you know, those are more for, for sort of my own spiritual life. Mm-hmm. But um, I have four or five of those that I listen to on the regular. Mm-hmm. Um, you want me to stop or you want me to keep going? No, it's great. Tell me some of the sermon ones. Well, the and, the, and this is both like, again, it's it's both um, for me, you know, being being poured into. Uh, but it's also I'm also sort of always doing um, research and I'm looking for voices or I'm looking for trends. I'm looking for series. So some of the ones I listen to, John Tyson hmm. from Church of the City, New York, mm-hmm. um, Levi Lusco. Fresh Life in Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like John Mark Comer, although he's not teaching. He's not teaching regularly at at Bridgetown anymore, but he does have the Rule of Life podcast and Practicing the Way, which are both really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will I'll I do listen to Louis Giglio on the regular Passion City Church. Uh, I'll tune in for Andy's. I also listen to Stephen Furtick from Elevation. Mm-hmm. Those. And Bishop Jakes is always kind of a pop in and, you know, just just here like master of communication uh, at, you know, mm-hmm. at its finest. So those those are the regular ones that are in my rotation. And then occasionally I'll I'll, you know, throw in some other ones. But those are pretty consistent for me. And again, I'm I'm a nerd on this. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't want anybody to think, oh, my gosh, Brad, that's overwhelming. I, I can't do that. Um, cause for me, it's both like, it's, it's both part of what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, part of my role in the broader leadership landscape is, is to curate. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to be an expert on, on leadership, I better be listening to and, and consuming, taking in a lot of leadership content mm. to then be able to, again, like navigate, well, what should I tell my audience they should listen to, but also, Am I actually getting getting inspired? I mean, for example, I you know I don't know if you listened to the James Clear, Tim Ferriss mm-hmm. interviews. It was like two and a half hours. Yeah, it was so inspiring for me. There was so much new thought thoughts in that about book launches and hmm. how do you actually like um, how do you start or, or or grow a product? How do you scale something? You know the the way he the way he talked about he he had to reach out to you know, like 300 podcast. This is James Clear, who sold the most books in the last two years of anybody probably in the world. But when Atomic Habits launched, he did the hard work of reaching out to 300 different people to get on their podcast. Hmm. You know, like that to me is inspiring. So that's good. Um, it's it's the all of this stuff really ties into well for the question of for what because I don't want people just to to waste their time and think they're getting better by listening to a bunch of podcasts, but then the for what for them doesn't really have an end connection. Mm, that's good. Uh, Cause uh, again, there's so much content and you could waste hours and hours and hours of just curating and, and listening to different things. So it's got to have a for what to it. Otherwise um, you, it might just get lost in the, the, the content as a commodity world. Yeah. That truly is reality now. That's so good. I, I, I think that, I mean, content's never been easy to get or never been easier to get than it is right now. 
And it seems like in the church world, especially, we have a lot of really educated Christians that consume a lot of content, but they're not better disciples. So I like that for what thing, because there are certain speakers I listen to because it educates me, but some, it, it, it heals my soul, some it motivates me. Um, some it challenges me, uh, you know, so I think there's got to be a well-rounded menu. Otherwise, you just become a, a lazy Christian, wouldn't you say? Agree. Yeah. Yeah, there there has to be intentionality towards it. So um, I would I would rather somebody, you know, focus in on a few. Right. That that are that are really going to help them around their for what compared to have a lot that then gets again, it, it gets so overwhelming and you know that's that's why i always say you can be you can be inspired by what i'm saying but don't necessarily copy what i'm doing mm. um i would almost rather again somebody find something that's doable for them and start there compared to i've got to i guess i guess lamanic is telling me i got to go listen to 30 podcasts a week i'm not i'm not saying that <laughs> Yeah, I have found a uh, a good rhythm of, okay, this is who I listen to on Monday, here's who I listen to on Tuesday, and so on and so forth really helps. And then my, my palate cleanser of the whole day is on the ride home from work, that's when I listen to the best of Colin Cowherd. That just kind of, <laughs> you know, just just really is the cherry on top for me. I love that show and it's sports and- Puts you in the right mindset going home. It does, it does. Cause you know, when I'm listening to a message, I'm like, okay, this is helpful, but I could I could use some of this, you know, I should teach more like this guy or whatever. So, okay, uh, let, let me ask you this. You consume all this. Um, are you a scheduled person? Are you a, okay, I got all these podcasts I want to listen to, all these blogs I want to read. So do you set aside a, okay, one hour a day, I, I skim these emails or I listen to these podcasts every day. And, um, you know, are you pretty structured or is it kind of come and go and you kind of fit it in the cracks as you, as you put your schedule together? It's a little bit of both. And, and a lot of the, uh, the a lot of the listening podcast is is i run quite a bit so that's that's when the podcasts get consumed is mm-hmm. is exercise running um the emails are much more i would say there is like usually 30 minutes 45 minutes during each day that i'll spend uh sifting to through those to just find okay here's four or five different links that i think are going to be helpful um and you know, so it, that's both a bit of it's it's scheduled, but it's also fluid. It's it's organic, and again, everybody has to figure out their system that works for them. And you know, I'm 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 probably a bit more of a of an organic type systemizer and and scheduler. Mm-hmm. But this, and sometimes, you know, again, I don't want it to consume me. So there might be times when I'm working on a, a bunch of stuff, and there's 10 newsletters that are sitting there waiting for me to scan and I just delete all of them. Hmm. Okay. It's not the end of the world. Right. So it, it, I don't want it to, I don't want it to overwhelm me. Um, but I also know that, that there has to be some intentionality towards it in order for it to, to be valuable. So, you know, for me, the, the practical side of this for everybody is, is you have the ability to be an expert in certain categories, topics, hmm. areas of interest, and 
And the more the more um, aware you are, the more you can curate. And the more you can curate, the more you can create connection with people around things that they're interested in. So this is both for me, again, a, a practical side of me being a better leader and an influencer, but it's also the ability for me to actually make connection with people that I talk to, right? Because that's, that's what makes, when, you're, when somebody says you're well-rounded, that's, that's what we're talking about. Like you have the ability to connect with anyone. And for all the pastors and, and church staff, this might be your greatest opportunity for evangelism and connection with people who are in your congregation hmm. is to be able to have a, a connection point when they show up on a Sunday and you have a conversation and they say, well, you know, I'm a, I'm an executive. I'm a, I'm a VP at a, you know, $4 billion company and I'm, I'm, I run marketing. Oh, really? Well, have you ever listened to, you ever listened to or read any of, uh, you know, Donald Miller stuff on marketing made simple or, you know, his book story brand. They're like, yeah, we just had him come in and spend the day with our team. You know, all of a sudden hmm. you're an expert now that has peer connection and influence with that person compared to, well, I guess I don't really have anything to talk to you about because I'm, I'm sitting around, sitting around, you know, reading A.W. Tozer. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> I love, I love Tozer. Right. Right. But I, I need, I, I've got to be able to connect with the people that are in my tribe or my community. And so regardless of what you think about all this, I think that's many times where it's, where it's the most helpful is that you actually can have a conversation with somebody regardless of what they do or who they are. You know, you mentioned connecting with people through, uh, you know, some of this content. At the time we're recording this, one of the most popular podcasts that is out there continues to be the Joe Rogan show. Uh, I've listened to it from time to time. It's, you know, it, like you said, it's like a three-hour commitment. It's a commitment. Um, but, I mean, why is it that you think that that show has taken off so well? Um, and what is it that people find so fascinating about it? Is there a certain demographic that likes it, or is it everybody? I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I, 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 my opinion is, is that, is that, you know, he, he already has a, he already has a tribe mm -hmm. or a following or a community or people who are Joe Rogan fans. And, and the fact that now he has something that they feel even more connected to, well, it gives them an opportunity to, to be part of something that they feel like is is going to help them and add value to them. Now, three hours is a commitment, um, right? I mean, that's, that's just a long time to listen. But the same is true for any of these other long-form interview formats that people tend to really like. And I don't think, I don't, I don't it's a good question, though. I, I would love to know what you think because um, I know this. There, because people are so lonely, they're starving for something that makes them feel connected to, and they want to belong. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something that when somebody listens to Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss or name the podcast, it, it's going back to James Clear, his whole point of like, you know, when, when you, when you do that, you make a vote 
you're, you're casting a vote for the kind of person you want to be or you, the kind of person you want to become. Hmm. So I, I think there's a lot of like built-in DNA in people that, that says, well, if I listen to Joe Rogan, I might have the chance to become more like Joe Rogan mm-hmm. and, and be successful. And I, whether that's true or not, we could argue, but there is this power of the tribe that I think is driving. And that's true for churches. It's true for podcast communities. It's true for networks. It's true for associations. It's true for Oklahoma Sooner fans, for that matter, right? <laughs> I mean, no yeah. matter what it is, like there's something in all of us that we want to belong to something. We want something bigger than ourselves that we can be part of. What do you think? I, I think you're exactly right. I think that's the reason some pastors really connect as well, because there's people out there thinking, oh, I want to be like that person. Uh, and I I think that's why some connect even better than others, because there's a feeling of, oh, if he can do it, I can do it kind of a thing. And maybe Joe's got that every man kind of feel, but it's just big enough, tough enough, smart enough, successful enough to give me something to aspire to. And and obviously, once you get it rolling, then he starts bringing on, you know, some great guests or he and Elon Musk decide to smoke weed together or something. And, you know, it's just, it creates a buzz factor that's kind of that can't miss television or in this case, podcasting that people want to see. So it is an interesting experiment. I wonder how long it lasts. So I think our, you know, we all, we all get bored of things pretty quickly now with so many options out there. So I guess we shall see. So you, you mentioned something that a little bit ago I wanted to ask you about. You said, you know what, I pick things that I think uh, are interesting to me, but there's some stuff that's interesting to you that's not interesting to other people. I, I, I think about stuff that, I mean, I find sports and statistics fascinating, but not everybody does. So, you know, what helps you kind of make the cut as to what makes it on the podcast and, and what doesn't? Well, good question. Again, I'm, I'm my greatest customer. Okay. So if that means I have a smaller audience of folks who are truly dialed in, I, I'm okay with that. Because at the end of the day, I would curate and I would do this even if I wasn't creating it to be consumed by anybody else. Right. Now, that's again, that's not true for everybody who's in the podcast game or the content game or the influence game. But for me, that's I'm okay if I'm hitting a small niche of folks who really do like the fact that that I'm bringing certain uh, recommendations to the table. So uh, that's not the answer that most people want to hear, but it is it's true for me. Now, I do know, I think this is true. This, the, the, the bigger trend or lesson there is aim small, miss small. Hmm. And I, I the, so if, again, if you're a pastor or you're a nonprofit leader, your, your, um, your potential audience is not everybody who lives in your, neighbor, in your community or your city. I know that, I know that hurts, but it isn't. It's there is a very small niche that you need to focus in on mm-hmm. because all of a sudden, if you're trying to hit everybody, you're not going to reach anybody. And this is this is the age old age old truism of of marketing and brand development, community development, tribe building is if if you you know, I think Seth Godin probably made it the most famous, like if, if you can get 100 people 
or maybe it was Kevin Kelly. It was a th- the thousand people, you know, but that, if a thousand people really are like connected to what you're doing, you can, you can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be 10,000. Doesn't have to be a million. Doesn't have to be 10 million, but like a thousand people. And I, I, that feels doable to me. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the thousand rusty to your question. I'm thinking about the thousand who are going to, who are going to really benefit from, from the things that I'm curating. And if that person who is outside of that doesn't get value out of it, then Lord bless you. There, there's it's free. You got your money's worth. <laughs> it costs you nothing. <laughs> right. That's really good. I, I think there's a, a quote out there from, I think it was the Grateful Dead who said this. I don't, this first time ever on the podcast, I've quoted the dead. I like it. I, mean, I don't know if it was Jerry Garcia or if he was even, you know, coherent at the time to say it. But the, the quote was, all you need are a thousand fans and you can have a sustainable music career. Yeah. I thought, wow, that's that's not very many. And I certainly now in the age of social media, you can zero in on your audience because, yeah, they may not all live around you, but you're not limited to your area. Yeah. And, and again, this is this is so important for any of us who are trying who are trying to be part of the influence factor in today's culture. Is if if I'm just another voice in the ocean of information, then I'm probably going to have a hard time standing out mm-hmm. or actually making an impact. So I've got to figure out what is it, what's going to be specific to, to this, to this group of people that I want to, I want to make a difference in their lives. Mm-hmm. And the same is true with conferences right now for me. And I, 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 I can, I can stand, I can sit at the table of of the influential big conferences in America the last 20 years. Like been there, done that. That tens of thousands, okay? But today I'm still bullish on big events, but I'm I'm more interested and more bullish on small curated invite only 20 or 30, 40, 50 hmm. sitting around having conversations at you know, more more like we're having dinner together. Hmm. That because here's what I know. There's so many things out there that that I can go to where I'm going to be able to listen to content or sit in this in a room with hundreds or thousands. But how, how many of those like living room conversations can I have with with a handful of leaders who are who are peers, and that the conversation now is going to be the most powerful thing compared to the the connect to, to the content that somebody delivers. So the same principle is true for me when I thinking about that side of of the influence ledger. Mm. Um, and and again for you know like pastors don't want to hear this because we we all sit around and go, well, man, I want tens of thousands of people to hear my sermon. Well, I do too. Like, I, I want tens of thousands of people to hear your sermon. But, you know, what, what might be the most helpful is you actually curating a conversation with a handful of people that are going to, that's going to now be, um, 
formatted in such a way where uh, a few people might actually hear that, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So I think what we have to start thinking about is how do we actually like take what we're doing and now make it accessible to a to a leader at the at the most customized, specific, personalized level. And literally, it's like, could everybody at Real Life Church be mentored by Pastor Rusty George? Probably not. But that's what everybody wants. Hmm. Whether they say it or not, I think that's the one of the, the pain points of the felt needs is people are walking in going, man, that's the pastor up there, that guy, like that, that guy up there preaching? Great, I'd like to like be mentored by him one-on-one. -on -one. And when can we start that? Like next Tuesday? And, and you're looking at them going, not going to happen, but that's the new, um, the new pain point or the new reality mm. is that I want to have access to people at sort of that personalized level. And I, it's, it's a tension, right, that we all have to navigate and manage. That's really well said. And I think it's encouraging for everybody because we, you know, you can have the greatest morning on a Sunday you've had in a long time. And then you get home and scroll through Instagram and you realize that. Yeah, I baptized 30, but Furtick baptized 30,000, and you feel like an idiot. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's just my Sunday afternoon. <laughs> don't Listen, don't, don't play the comparison game. Oh, it just, man, it just robs your soul. Okay, so one of the things that I struggle with, I wanted to get your feedback on, is, you know, you, you consume content all day long. Um, you're, you're, you're reading, you're listening. You're taking notes, you're creating content, and then you get home. How do you how do you shut it off? Because even if I'm watching The Voice, I'm looking for leadership principles. Even if I pick up a book, <laughs> uh, I'm underlining things, thinking, "Oh, that'd be a good sermon illustration." You know, um, for a guy like you who's always taking in input, how, how do you shut it down? How do you find a way to let your mind relax? It's well, I'm probably saying the wrong thing here. So please, please correct me, Pastor. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> okay. I just don't. I mean, I, I I would I would say related to again this this overarching principle for me, which is a it is a calling on my life to um to, to, you know, my calling is gather, connect, and influence influencers. That's what my, that's what my why is. That's, that's the purpose for me. That's the riverbanks. Um, within that, I have a real sense of stewardship of, of being a good curator. So I'm not going to try to necessarily, like, limit that because I know for me it's a, it's a life. It's a life. It's an ongoing life thing. Um, now, that doesn't take into account Sabbath or, or what is it to shut off your mind? Mm -hmm. Right. But I also, I don't ever, I, I, this is again, my personal opinion. And again, you can correct me if this is, if this is going against scripture <laughs> or against the d discipleship <laughs> uh, that we should all be on. But um, I, I just, I, I want to make sure that, that I'm not making myself feel guilty for something that is is so deeply ingrained in me that I that I wanted to to always be uh, something that's that's turned on in the appropriate way. Hmm. 
like the light switch is on. Now, here's what I have to fight against, which is you're, you're probably the same way, and many people listening are the same way. Um, is it now something that is so it's 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 become something that that is is in is endangering my ability to actually be healthy mm-hmm. and at that point obviously i have to like adjust i have to shift i have to turn it off i have to um but i think so many times the things the things that we're fighting against or trying to turn off to to have a have a downtime or have um, proper balance or rhythm or rest. Sometimes it's the things that are actually not the most life-giving for us. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the tension I'm always trying to navigate. Is there's certain things that it's like I'm 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 writing with my left hand, but I'm right-handed. Mm. There's other things in my life that I know are going to be true, and they're going to they're going to happen regardless of 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 what day it is for me now i'm i may be totally off no i think that is fantastic shoot holes in that fantastic insight Shoot holes in that man because you're right i mean there's some things about my job that are so energizing why would i not want to do those on my off day and there's other things that are so draining that those are the things i've definitely got to shut off so that's really well said good insight on that Okay, so I want to shift gears a little bit. Uh, your book, H3 Leadership, which the three H's are hungry, hustle, and humble. And I may not have gotten those in the right order, but I don't think there is an order. Kind of all three are needed. No order, just H, H3. Uh, they're all required. Uh, Post-COVID, in the realm of leadership, are leaders more or less humble, hungry, or hustling, what do you see as kind of some of the glaring weaknesses post-COVID when it comes to these three great qualities of leadership? Yeah, good question. I think hustle definitely has changed. Mm. There's a lot more empathy. I mean, even the, even the captain of hustle, Gary Vee, <laughs> he, he wrote a book about empathy <laughs> during the pandemic or post-pandemic. And he's like, you got to be kind, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm not giving up on hustle, but it does have to be like, we're, we're, we're empowering people. We're investing in them. We're, 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 we're speaking life into them. Um, it can't just be the rat race. I think you've seen a lot of things shift around hustle. Now I would argue that, that when I think about hustle, it's biblical hustle anyway, because I would say that rest, generosity, collaboration, a partnership mindset, abundance mentality are equally as much of your hustle factor as hard work, um, you know, being willing to get things done. So that one hasn't shifted. Um, I think the hungry piece, there's a lot of people that are questioning their ambition. Again, they're, 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 a lot of us in the work world, we, we've, re, we, we've reimagined what, is, what, is it, what does it look like for me to have the right hunger to pursue something that goes back to my for what. Hmm. And I think a lot of people were, they were chasing things or they were hungry. They had ambition around things that probably weren't even in, in the riverbanks for them around their calling. Mm-hmm. And everybody has re, readjusted on that. Um, whether you're a pastor, whether you're a corporate leader, whether you're a believer or not, 
um, you know, humility and and the the idea of self awareness. I think that one more and more again, people are really they're they're really questioning the the this principle of well how how am I how am I wired and am I am I in a you know I've got to I've got to be I've got to be really dialed in on what my sense of identity and self awareness is so that I can lead out of that place. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, to me, that one of the best examples of this, again, post-COVID, let's, let's go college football for a second. Love it. Because that's, that's the example we can, you know, you and I can both nerd out on. But uh, this, was, this was happening pre-COVID, but now it's, now it's just normal. Transfer portal, um, this premise of NIL, mm-hmm. uh, name, image, likeness. The, the reality that every single college uh, incoming freshman now, they have agency. It's, it's an employee's market now. Hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, um, you know, it's a player's market. So they're walking in and coaches, if you're a coach or a GM or an athletic director, um, you're looking at these players and going, how are we going to keep them around? How do we create culture and loyalty? Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be hard, but there are certain schools that nobody's transferring out of, regardless of their record. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're, they're creating such a, a sticky culture that everybody wants to stay. And, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that's, that's, that's an age old principle. That's always been true, but the way they're getting to that, to that finish line of building culture is so different than it was before. Hmm. Um, and everything ch- has changed now for every single person walking into any in, any in work environment. They look at it and go, I have agency. I have free agency power right now. Right. Even, even your most loyal people, let's be honest, probably have like five different offers mm-hmm. potentially, and they're looking on LinkedIn and they're, you know, and it doesn't mean they're leaving, but it's just, it's a new reality of that. I, I'm, I have to like, I have to consider my options and mm-hmm. that we have to become much more of a coach in that way as a boss compared to that. We look at them and go, don't you ever talk to anybody else? Yeah. You're going to be here for 20 years. And they look at you like you're an alien. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That certainly is uh more of the culture. In fact, just to stick with college football, I just wonder how long those old school coaches that just scream at you all the time will be able to exist because people got options now. They don't have to stay with uh, that kind of a mentality. I mean, back in, even in college basketball, the, the Bobby Knight style of coaching is really no more. And those that do, are they're not going to get the, the recruits to stay anymore because people don't want to put up with that. Yeah. And it's, you know, we can argue about, well, what's right or wrong. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know what's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. I I do know this, that a lot of us who are older will say, well, they're just disloyal. Mm -hmm. These 18 year olds that are coming in, they don't, they don't have the, the grit or the know-how to stick it out when things get hard. Hmm. Well, they might not, but they also just might not be willing to put up with it. Mm -hmm. Like we once were. Right. Because you and I would have been on that team and we'd, we'd have thought, man, I'm just happy to have a spot. I'm just happy to have a scholarship. Exactly. 
exactly. <laughs> Nobody's thinking that anymore. No, no, I can go make $5 million uh, at Jackson State <laughs> exactly. rather than having to go and and put up with somebody screaming at me. Exactly. Okay, so uh, let me let me just uh, dial down and get really practical with the whole hungry and hustle and humble. If any of our leaders, and there's usually one of those three that we kind of are lacking on. Two, we're kind of, you know, one we're strong in, one we're okay, one we're lacking. Give us just a couple of practical things to bring up each one of these levels if we find we're lacking in one of them. Well, so curiosity always for me as a driver around hungry. Okay. So ask more questions than you give answers. Get get really dialed in on curiosity. That's good. Um, around your humility, I would say like, you know, self-awareness and and asking people, okay, tell me something that's true about me that that I don't know. And especially if you're in charge, everybody will tell you stuff you already know that is awesome about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to ask again. No, 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 that's great. Thank you. But tell me something I, or, or tell me something that I've done recently that you know about that I might not even be aware of mm-hmm. that was either offensive or it was disrespectful or it was hurtful or it was, it was not life-giving to either that person or to the team or, you know, like, so that's, it's similar to curiosity, but it's 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 really dialing in then on maybe more self aware because mm-hmm. I, I half the time I don't even know mm-hmm. I don't because I'm wired that way I just don't realize it um, on the hustle piece I would say you know like the going back to where where can you be more um, abundant abundantly minded so generosity again for me is always it's always a good it's always a good, um, it's a good kryptonite or it's a good, you know, anti-venom mm-hmm. for some of the things that might look like selfishness for us. And depending on how you're wired as a leader, a lot of leaders, there's a thin line, you know this, because you and I both probably have had these moments. There's a thin line between what feels like confidence compared to arrogance, what feels like selfishness compared to to generosity, what what feels like me being ruthlessly um, dialed in on on results compared to feeling like that I'm for that person. Those are really thin lines many times. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna default, I want to always default to generosity. And practically, that can mean, oh my gosh, I know this doesn't feel right to me but I probably do need to send that email to that person and say thank you for, for uh, showing up this weekend to be a volunteer. And for them, it's life-giving. It's like they're going to keep that email for the next six months or written card. To you, it's like, really? Like that made a difference? Mm-hmm. But many times we won't choose that. So just step over the line and choose generosity. Choose to actually like be an encourager. Um, you know, that's because it, it's not natural for a lot of us who are in charge. What's natural for a lot of us in charge is just to say, let's, let's go take the next hill. When everybody's looking at you going, would you please just give me some kind of, of like encouragement biscuit <laughs> before we move on, right? <laughs> the best example I've heard of that was I knew a youth pastor 
who's senior pastor, he wasn't mean. He just didn't give compliments. And so he was always hard charging, you know, and all that. So finally, the youth pastor went into him one day and said, would you just tell me if I suck? <laughs> just, just yes or no. That's all I need to oh, know. That's fabulous. Like, I was like, oh, that's, that's good to yeah. know. All right, Brad. Well, I, I so appreciate your time. I appreciate your input. And uh, you've had a huge influence on my life, whether you know it or not. And was such a blessing to our church when you came out, goodness, a couple of years ago now. And uh, was so helpful for us. So, so thank you. Thank you for your podcast, uh, which I'm always asking you when you're going to write your next book. But as you say, your, your podcast is your book and it uh, gets updated every single week. So it's just a blessing to all of us. So thank you for that. And thanks, man. thank you for being a part of the show today. And thanks for your, your kindness towards Leading Simple as well. You guys have uh, promoted us well. I really appreciate it. Well, you're the best. Thanks for having me on. And hopefully there was one thing in here. If there's one thing you can take away, that's a win. That, that's the goal. That's right. And that is that Oklahoma's in the top four of recruiting for next year. Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. Here we go. <laughs> well, any conversation I get with Brad is a benefit to me. I hope it was to you as well. And you might think of somebody right now, you're thinking, boy, this would really help them. Hey, share that with somebody. Pass it along. I think they'd really, really like it. So check out uh, Leading Simple next week. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, leave a rating or a review and share it with a friend. I would love that. But until next week, keep it simple. Take a moment and subscribe to the podcast so you get it delivered every week. And subscribe to the Rusty George YouTube channel for more devotionals, messages, and fun videos. Thank you for listening to Leading Simple. As we mentioned at the top of the podcast, our friends at Belay are offering a free copy of their resource, Four Costly Financial Mistakes for Churches, exclusively to our podcast listeners today. Belay's modern church staffing solutions have been helping busy church leaders delegate important financial details for over a decade. Their fractional U.S.-based contractors provide accounting and virtual assistant services to level up your church through the power of delegation. Just text RUSTY, that's R-U-S-T-Y, to 55123 to claim this exclusive offer and get back to growing your church with Belay. That's RUSTY, R-U-S-T-Y, to 55123.